0: You know the lord is doing something remarkable in this hour of the church and I, I sometimes it's good just to identify it articulate it speak to it help define it uh, and that gives us a better understanding of how to participate uh, with it and i just i want to point out psalms 133 i'm glad you're here welcome uh, great to see you great to have our destiny family or online family destiny new york um and others that are joining us. There's something just about gathering together around the purposes of God that awakens something uniquely specific within our lives. You know, it's important to me that um, even making a statement like that, that we not allow it just to be religious rhetoric, inspirational rhetoric. There's substance to what the Lord desires for us to get today. He wants to awaken some things within us. And, and right now, there's this spirit of unity that God is calling us to. You know, a lot of people don't pay attention to what the Lord is doing. And a lot of people don't even participate because they're not paying attention. But I just want you to understand something. There's a spirit of unity that God is uh, awakening right now in the church, There's something remarkable about our gathering together as family in unity. It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to walk alone. You need to find this joining of the heart, joining of the life. Uh, And we don't just want to talk about it. We want to participate in it. And it's interesting, um, this this weekend has been our marriage enrichment weekend. And we did that with another church on purpose to demonstrate the spirit of unity in two church families coming together. Um, and then ultimately, and it, it was just outrageous uh, weekend. Uh, we had so many people afterward just saying, "Can we do this every year?" and uh, I got messages all evening last night. It was just so life transforming and, and one uh, probably um, too private to share, but one story about a spouse and what they were saying. It's just like, I've never seen this before. And the, I mean, there's impartation that happens when we gather together in a spirit of unity. You understand there's something significant that happens. Psalms 133 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And it goes on to say, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing of life forevermore. Like, that's pretty... Uh, powerful when you really stop and think about the fact it's in that spirit of unity where God himself has commanded the blessing of life forevermore. And so uh, it wound up just because of relationships and interactions. We had five churches there uh, yesterday and there's something unique going on where there's a coming together in the body of Christ. And I just want to say as the the lead pastor of Destiny Christian Center, I just want to say we've not cornered the market on what church should be like. We all need to understand that. It's like congregational families get so divided and disconnected because they, you know, want to kind of create their own unique marketing um, expression so that they can attract everybody into their church. We just want to do what God's called us to do. We want other churches to do what God's called them to do. And then we want to partner together, like as the whole family, any way that we possibly can. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And I think when we discover that, there we'll see that's where God's commanding blessing. How many of you believe in God for transformation of society, great awakening taking place again, revival fire being poured out in the land? Come on. This is a great place for the revival fire of God to be released in our nation, right here in Oklahoma where I-35 and I-40 form a a cross in the heart of the nation. I just believe the Lord wants us to be aware of that. Um, I want to challenge you to know One week from today um, at 7 p.m., there will be. uh, We've had 10 pastors say they're bringing their congregational families uh, for next Sunday night. It's not something we've promoted or talked a lot about because it's not our event. It's just a gathering together, uh, Pastor Cody. Those of you who were at the marriage enrichment, he was one of the speakers, and uh, he just had a heart uh, earlier in the year to begin to call out the next generation church. How I mean, you know we need to call up the the David Shepherd boys and the the Deborah young girls who don't yet know who they truly are, and so he began to arrange in different locations of the state of Oklahoma, all over the state, so that there's just a release to the atmosphere of the state, and they done three of these events where they just gathered churches and youth together and called the next generation church to a greater place of expression of who God's called them to be. Come on, the next generation church can't do the stuff the way we've done the stuff. We've got to help them figure out who they are so they can step into their call and not try and make them like us. But let them become who God's called them to be. And so he's going around the state of Oklahoma, awakening this in the different parts of the state. Well, central Oklahoma is happening next Sunday night at 7 p.m. right here in this house where there's a unity, a spirit of unity, where we just want to join together in the body of Christ. So I would invite you to map it out and make it a point. Let's come together. Um, Not because, oh, do I want to go to a worship event. It's not about that. It's about what is the Lord doing and do I discern it and will I participate in that? And as we come together and we release something, I really believe it's significant to what God is desiring to do in all of our lives. In all of our lives. We're all part of this big story. It's an amazing story. God's been writing this story. It all began in the garden where we figure out in Scripture that we were actually designed by God to live in His presence, to dwell in His presence in conversational interaction with Him. We were all born to dwell in the garden. You are actually designed by God to discover this garden experience as your way of life in this hour of your life, more and more learning what that looks like. And in in that place of God's presence, that's where you figure out more than ever, it is not good for man to be alone. And that spirit of unity that releases what God commands to be the blessing of life in our unity, in our joining of hearts coming together in our lives. And so this, this is part of the narrative. And as we walk this out, we discover our design by God to actually build an ark. We're all designed to build an ark. You, you read it through the Scripture, and it's all there on purpose. And we're designed to build an ark. Whatever that ark is, everybody's ark looks different. But we're all designed to participate in a work that helps and maybe even rescues the people around us. This is part of the plan of God. And so we read about it throughout the course of Scripture. and We walk through this continuing journey where we put our hands to the plow and we work to see God's kingdom advance in the earth. And out of that, then we begin to discover, even in our difficult moments, the presence of the Lord exists everywhere we go. And the, the reading uh, of Genesis 28 was on purpose for us uh, in, during worship because we're going to talk about that. You can open your Bibles to Genesis 28. This is Jacob's ladder. This is the moment where Jacob discovered surely the presence of God was here right here where I am and I didn't even know it I just want to say to you the presence of God is in your workplace and you may not even know it the presence of God is in your home and in your family and you may not even know it the presence of God is everywhere you shop everywhere you eat everywhere you drive when you slow down in a school zone you're not just slowing down for the school zone that's a prayer zone the presence of the Lord is there and maybe you didn't know it and while you're slowing down you just begin to declare Psalms 91 protection over these children in the city of Oklahoma City, in the state of Oklahoma, you're driving through that and you're releasing something of God's kingdom in the earth. Do we understand who we are? This is our call and all begins understanding the place in the garden where we're designed to encounter God and it's not good for man to be alone we build the ark and we encounter him as Jacob's ladder was this incredible encounter. And I want us to talk about that today, and next week we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to start to, to lean into giant killers that were in Egypt, and giant killers that were in the wilderness, and giant killers that were in the promised land. We are the giant killers of our generation, and we're in various places of life we're going to just ask the Holy Spirit to help us to learn and to step into that because we were born to conquer giants and tear down strongholds. God wants you to be free, not just so you can be free, but so you can become a freedom fighter or help others become free. So Jacob's Ladder is this amazing story that we read about in Scripture in the beginning, 28 chapters into the first book of the Bible. And it's phenomenal. This, I mean, it's, you know, just... We we talk about it, and, and songs have been written about it. Not just, uh, not just Christian songs have been written about it. Like, Jacob's Ladder is so well-known, even in the world. And the great theologian Led Zeppelin, you know, Stairway to Heaven. It's just amazing. <laughs> now it's just going off in your minds, isn't it, you know? If I had a guitar, I would play it. Like, in any guitar store, you are never allowed to play that song. That is just... That's the ultimate faux pas. So Jacob had this amazing encounter with God where he, he's, he suddenly has a vision and he sees this ladder of angels ascending and descending between heaven and earth and there's the Lord at the top. It's phenomenal. How many of you would be okay with having that type of an encounter with God? This is the thing I want you to understand. You actually have that encounter with him available to you 24-7. Growing in the increasing knowledge and awareness of his presence is what he wants us to do. So when I started looking at this, I started thinking, what was it that actually triggered this in Jacob's life? And how can we do whatever Jacob did to trigger this experience and this encounter in our own lives? How many of you think it might be worth a look just to see what was going on in Jacob's life and see if we can emulate that? The problem is, not a lot of good was going on in Jacob's life, and I wouldn't recommend that you try and duplicate what was going on with Jacob in that moment in time. Here's Jacob. He had deceived his father. He had stolen from his brother. His mom was actually behind the whole ploy of manipulation and deception. He will later be deceived by his uncle Laban. Do you understand? Deception ran in the family, all kinds of instability, all kinds of chaos going on. Is anybody here in a situation that you might be able to identify with this? I love the scripture because the Bible actually reveals these types of things so that we don't feel like you have to have it all together or you cannot encounter God. I want you to know you don't have to have it all together. And in fact, in your worst moments, that tends to be where God is at his best. Just crazy when you're looking at what was happening in Jacob's life in this moment in time. And he was desperate. He was weary. He was tired of all the chaos. He was tired of all the confusion. He's literally running for his life. And the Bible says very specifically, and the sun started to go down. So it's now getting dark on his darkest moment. Afraid, exhausted. Exhausted. In a very bad place. Anybody here relate? Anybody ever been there? Just raise your hand if you've ever been there before. Very bad place. God is doing more than you think. Even when you feel you're at your lowest point. Your worst moment. He's at work. He's there. Genesis chapter 28. Verse 11. At sunset... Jacob stopped for the night and went to sleep. Resting his head on a large rock, in a dream he saw a ladder that reached from earth to heaven. And God's angels were going up and down on that ladder. The Lord was standing beside the ladder and said, I am the Lord God who was worshipped by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give to you and your family, the land on which you are now sleeping. Your descendants will spread over the earth in all directions and will become as numerous as the specks of dust. I do think it's interesting as we're reading to realize the promise came to Abraham and said, your descendants will be as vast, not as the specks of dust, but as the stars of the sky. And now God is tying this in with Jacob Not from the stars of the sky, but the specks of dust, the dust of the earth. And how many of you know it was the Christ in heaven who came to be Jesus in the earth, born of humanity, that actually rescued our lives? And this is the moment where the promise to Abraham is now about to materialize and happen through Jacob as the expression of humanity. It's just a significant bit of information, numerous specks of dust. Your family will be a blessing to all people. Sometimes there's just grace in a moment have you have you started to pay attention to this and realize that because in the course of, of the day you're gonna just suddenly sense grace you're gonna suddenly have a sense of favor in a moment in time in a conversation and pay attention to that because that's the Lord just trying to get your attention that he's doing something maybe in that passing conversation hi how are you fine and then you, you have a sense of there was just a bit of grace there and you kind of return to that with the person put your arm around to say are you really doing fine I just felt like maybe there there might be something more going on and they're like how in the world did you know that and it's just I mean you know God wants us to just be used by God in that capacity surely the Lord was in that conversation and I didn't even know it and that's what's taking place in this moment and and just now as I as I read those words I felt that sense of grace your family will be a blessing to all people your family will be a blessing to all people some of you here can't imagine how your family can be a blessing to anybody because you're just trying to hang on for dear life I want to say to you your family will be a blessing your family will be a blessing your family will be a blessing to all people Verse 15, wherever you go, I will watch over you. Then later, I will bring you back to this land. I won't leave you. I will do all I have promised. Jacob woke up suddenly and thought, the Lord is in this place, and I did not even know it. We really are all in a different place emotionally, intellectually, relationally, financially, But the beauty of this moment is that we see Jacob in such a bad place and the Lord not leaving him to himself, but drawing his attention up to where God is standing and wanting to make a difference and and bring transformation into his life. Aren't you glad God's promises still live even when you grow discouraged? It is funny, um, I just kind of attributed... The morning, uh, I, I kind of had what the older generations uh, I've heard them call the mully grubs uh, this morning, and I thought, well, I mean, it's been a weekend of ministry. Uh, I'm looking ahead at some stuff in the next uh, few weeks that's going to be fairly heavy to to navigate through, and uh, and you know that's just kind of weighing on me. And I, and this morning, I just thought I just kind of was back in my office, just kind of sitting there, just just feeling kind of the heaviness. And I'm realizing. Uh, I was carrying some of your discouragement today. You know, we carry each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, as the Bible would say, but I'm just rising up out of that. How about you? I'm rising up out of that and declaring the anointing will destroy every yoke of bondage. The anointing will destroy every yoke of discouragement. The anointing will will destroy every yoke that the enemy has tried to place on anybody in this place, breaking your, your mindset into a new place of freedom, breaking your emotional state into a new place of victory in Jesus, mighty name I just address depression right now and break it in this place in the mighty name of Jesus despondency and loneliness we address those things that Jacob was contending with in a moment where Jesus all of a sudden appeared to him no matter how desperate your situation may be God's point of view really does have the power to change it all it is a word from God that changes everything. It's the perspective of God that activates and awakens a whole new. Uh, realm of hope and anticipation. When the, when the Israelites were in the bondage of Egypt, how did God help them get out? He sent them a prophet. Why? Because a word from God is what you always need, no matter what your bondage situation may be. Getting a word from God, getting a sense of what God has to say. This is what's happening. Here, God is showing up to Jacob in his worst moment, saying, I've not forgotten you. The promise is still alive. You have been stupid. You have done some dumb stuff. Can I get an amen? Anybody else? You That's happened in your life. You, you, you blew You blew it again. You blew it again. You've blown it so much you've had a blowout, but I'm still here going to help reconcile the situation, redeem the time, restore the promise. The promise never stopped. No matter what you've done, the promises of God will always prevail. His word will not return to him void, but will always accomplish the purpose for which his word was sent. It is vitally important that we understand this today and we allow that discouragement and despondency to be broken off of our lives that we might live in an attitude of faith and expectation for God to do what only God can do in every moment and situation we face. He's a God who functions in another realm. <laughs> and when our focus is on this realm only, then it's easy just to grow weary. But God was drawing Jacob's attention out of this realm into another realm where he suddenly would realize in that place, your impossible circumstances are no issue for an eternal God. He is a God of eternity. Your impossible circumstances are not an issue to your eternal God. And then we read on. We'll pick up again with verse 16. When Jacob woke, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was unaware of it. Surely the Lord, I, I, I just, again, I just sense a, a bit of grace in this moment that we need to understand. God's been at work in situations and circumstances that you've not been aware of, but you're, he's illuminating that right now. How many have a situation that you've grown weary and you feel the Lord is invading that moment? Just hold your hand up there. We're just agreeing right now. Father, I just declare over every circumstance and situation that is represented by a raised hand right now. I pray a Holy Ghost invasion to that situation beyond our wildest imagination. You are a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we can ask or imagine. And we can ask or imagine a lot, but you are so far beyond that. And we invite you, Lord, come and do what only you can do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The reason I'm trying to break discouragement off of you is because you are actually the avenue for God to have entrance into the earth and into your situation. And if you walk around discouraged, you're stopping that blessing from getting into your world. It's not just not getting into your heart and your life. It's not getting into the world around you. And this is what he goes on and says in verse 17, and he was afraid, and he said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. The house of God is the gate of heaven. The house of God is the gate of heaven. First Corinthians chapter three, know you not, you are the temple. Who is the house of God? You are the house of God. The house of God is the gate of heaven. Psalms 24, lift up your heads, O ye gates, that the King of glory may come in. The house of God is the gate of heaven. We are the house of God. We are the gate of heaven. I want to let Jesus into every circumstance and situation that may be facing. No matter what it may be, I'm not going to allow the enemy to rob me of my anticipation that God is able to be bigger than the circumstance or situation. I want to rehearse that and awaken that and break that discouragement off. Wherever you are is a place heaven and earth have the capacity to intersect. Wherever you are, every relationship you're in, every job you are ever working, any place where you work is blessed to have you there. You need to walk in there in an attitude and understanding you are sons and daughters of God and where you go releases God's kingdom and gives him the capacity to have entrance into that place. He's here. I'm not just up here ranting about him. I keep saying I sense a little bit of grace there. I sense of grace. You know what I'm saying? He's here. I'm trying to cooperate with him. <laughs> he's in the room. He, he's, he's like within you. <gasps> Whispering, drawing, inviting. Take us to deeper places to understand who he's called us to be. In the moments in time where we normally would have a reactionary word for a situation, we actually pause and reflect because we sense a bit of caution from the Lord. Or other moments where we typically just remain silent, but we suddenly realize God's given me something of substance that I'm to release to the circumstance of situation. You are the gate. You are the house of God. You are the gate of heaven. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Did you, you catch it? This is Psalms 24-7. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Jacob, don't look at the circumstances around you. I know you're on the run. I know this has been discouraging. I know you robbed your brother. You deceived your father. I know this is going on. I know your whole family's full of manipulation and lies. But lift up your heads. There's Jacob's ladder. There's the Lord standing at the top. Listen, I just say to you, let discouragement break off of you. Lift up your heads from the discouraging circumstances that you've been fixing your eyes on. We fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. What I'm saying is the people who know their God will be strong and will do great exploits. The people who know their God, Daniel eleven thirty-two, they will be strong. The people who know their God, the people who lift their eyes from the, the, the disappointing circumstances around them to fix their eyes on him People who know their God intimately. That's the same word, no. Again, I just want to reiterate this. This is going to be a focal point for us for the entire year of 2023. Next year, deeper. God's taking us deeper. Lift your eyes, and the people who know their God, they will be strong. There's a great strength that's coming upon us as we step into a deeper knowledge and awareness of God. The people who know their God, they'll be strong. And they'll carry out or they'll do great exploits. God will just trigger and awaken a deeper understanding of the eternal purpose for which you were designed and placed in this temporal world. The people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. It's it's kind of an interesting thing. I'm I'm finished preaching. (laughs) the grace is lifted (laughs) it is funny but like it's a reality I mean I just got to tell you for years I've just preached right through the grace of God and the presence of the Lord and sometimes I just would preach on and preach on the sermon ended a long time ago and I'd still be preaching it's just that he's inviting us into this deeper place a greater awareness and 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 if you think for a moment, you know, we've, we've had a few interactions and discussions and conversations over the course of the past few years about this incredible revival that's taken place in different pockets, you know, around the world. The Great Awakening. I mean, you should study into what some of those things were. It's just phenomenal to think about the, uh, the, the criminals in society That exist in society that keep our judges in business actually if they all get saved the judges have nothing to do that has happened in the history of the world where there have been great awakenings taking place and people just don't do the bad stuff because God has shown up in such a powerful profound way isn't that crazy like coal miners uh, there was this one community and and the coal miners all got saved and a revival broke out and the, the donkeys stopped working in the coal mines because they only knew the abusive language and behavior of the coal miners and something had happened in their hearts so much and they weren't cussing at the donkeys and the donkeys didn't know how to work. <laughs> like, that's real stuff. That's crazy. I wonder what was happening in society just prior to that kind of an outpouring. I have a feeling it was something like what we're starting to experience right now. Where there begins to be a sense of unity of what God is up to. And there he commands his blessing and life forever. There the great awakening starts to begin to emerge. There something starts to happen. I got some calls this last week or some messages this last week. One person said to me, because I'm thinking, what, what would this look like in our personal time if we're really willing to engage in a time of prayer and the word, turn the page, get with God, don't just read the Bible, don't just read the books that with the author, really encounter him as our way of life and a routine, common, you know, constant, and, and I had somebody uh, send me a message and they said, you know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach us I said I was reading my Bible and I turned the page and I didn't understand something I was reading. So I did what I always do. I opened my computer and I started to Google so I might get understanding. How many you know that's a good idea? But she said, but then I was reminded probably by the one who wanted to teach me that he's the teacher. And I'm turning to Google instead of turning to God. She shut her computer and went back to the Bible and she just did something novel, she listened. What if God actually speaks? She listened. Suddenly God began to speak. She heard. She wrote down what she felt like the Lord gave her as an explanation, and then she Googled, and it was exactly what she had written down. I just want you to know this is like not uncommon. We're going to start encountering God this way. We're going to start experiencing God this way. Uh, I had somebody else this last week, the worship team, if you guys will go ahead and come on back up. I had somebody else this, this week tell me, I've been reading my Bible for years and years and years, and all of a sudden when I'm reading my Bible, it's like the pages, the, the words are starting to leap off the pages to me. Yet, you know, not I'm not trying to be the angry preacher, but I would suggest that they're many people sitting under the sound of my voice that haven't opened their Bible in the last week, maybe in the last month. And if you don't realize what God is doing, you don't know how to participate in it or grow in it or experience it. I mean, experience it on the most basic level just so you can all of a sudden realize, surely the Lord has been here all along and I didn't even realize it. Just get up in the morning and turn on the music. Light the candle, whatever it is that helps you get in that mode, in that mindset. My routine is the same every morning. I get the coffee going. I've got music playing. And I'm just trying to listen. Even before I read, I'm just trying to listen. I'm just kind of pacing in our little kitchen area and just pacing back and forth, just saying, how exciting is it that i'm actually getting to meet with the god of the universe and have a conversation with this god who's actually my father i mean what is that all about and the treasure of of these incredible letters that he's written to us it's available for us like people have died to be able to give us the treasure of scripture they gave their lives in the journey of of their contribution to the expansion of God's kingdom. Here we have this book that we so readily neglect. Surely the Lord's in this place, and so often we don't even know it. <clears throat> so I want to just invite you this week. You know, God's presence really is for real life. You do understand that's what we're about. That's why you hear that all the time. If there's one expression that communicates who God has called us to be to our world, it's that phrase. We are those who bring God's presence to real life. Like people who feel like, you know, they could never, uh, they could never have a relationship with God. They meet you, and they think, oh, if you can have a relationship with God, maybe there's hope for me. Like that level of authenticity, you know why they say that about you? Because I'm your pastor. <laughs> I mean, we just don't put on airs. We are who we are. We deal with the stuff we deal with. And in Jacob's worst moment of running for his life, having done so much, that's when he experienced his most incredible encounter with God. I don't care what you've done. God just wants to meet you. He's inviting you into this deeper place. So your action point, this is how you want to bring God's presence to real life this week. I want to ask you, practice God's presence every morning. Just purpose it. Every morning. Just get up a little extra early and just practice his presence every morning and develop a deeper awareness of what God is doing throughout the day. I would encourage you to come hang out with some uh, people Tuesday morning at 6. If you're able to come into this room. We meet right here. and Just press in. Just go deeper together. Just a time of just listening mainly. Just being in the presence of the Lord. Encouraging each other in that. But your action point. I want to encourage you. Practice God's presence every morning. Just develop a deeper awareness of what God is doing throughout the day. Maybe you're desperate. Maybe you're weary. Maybe you're tired of dealing with instability and confusion in every direction and deception may run in the family. Maybe you're where Jacob was. Maybe it's a very bad place. But I just say God is doing more than you think he is, even in what may feel like the worst moment of your life. So, Let's just pay attention for a few moments together. Something about the unity of the church in the presence of the Lord. So we're just going to take a few moments. I'm going to wane off here in a moment and just leave you in silence with music playing in the background. I want you to just tune your ears into here. Pay attention to what the Spirit may be saying to you. I've given you my pastoral challenge for the action point this week but the question is what is God asking you to do with what he's revealed in your life this morning in this conversation let's be doers of the word and not hearers only what is he desiring for you and from you in the course of this week as a result of what you've sensed and heard so just if everybody would just stay right where we are just relax Let's just press in together as a family in the presence of the Lord before we conclude. Probably um, about a year and a half ago I started making the statement waiting on the Lord is boring in the overstimulated underdeveloped church of the western world it's one thing to make that statement it's another thing now to be dwelling in that moment where we're coming face to face with that reality waiting on the Lord is boring in the overstimulated underdeveloped church but the Lord's taking us to deeper places greater places of maturity deeper understanding of his presence and I would encourage you if you find these moments anything other than absolutely enriching then I would encourage you go a little deeper in your pursuit of God man it's powerful just to be in his presence come on let's stand together let's do something with what the Lord's revealing we're gonna we're gonna take a few moments of worship And as we do, I would invite you, some people, quite honestly, some people need to respond to the conviction of giving as an act of worship. I mean, the Lord just wants to awaken something within our lives in so many ways. But I encourage you in these moments when we gather in worship, it's a beautiful time to go to the giving stations uh, at the back or give online, however you want to do that. It's a great way just to remind yourself That this is a wor- an act of worship Giving's always been a part of worship From the very beginning of God's plan Before the law was ever given Giving is a part of that and He wants you to experience what that is Because it's really spiritually significant So I encourage you to explore that Even in these moments There's communion right here in the back of the center section And uh, as we worship Then you may just want to go and receive communion Before we conclude We're not in a rush to just jet out of here are we? We want to just take a little bit of time with him it's part of what we're doing in going a little bit deeper with the Lord you know once a month um, we introduce our elders because every week we have this incredible prayer team that's available in this time of worship we want we want our church family to know this is this is a house of prayer and um, and we're thankful for our prayer team and once a month we kind of give that prayer team a, a relaxed Sunday um, where they might need prayer and they can come to our elders as we make our way to the back back here and uh, as we worship if there's anything we can pray with you about then we would invite you to come back and I want to introduce our elders so that you can hear them by name once a month and know kind of who the mothers and fathers of the house are so Jim and Diana Howard as a call your names you all can just make your way back there Jason and Heather Shiflett Derek and Crystal Wilson Ryan and Gina Perry Dave and Lauren Fulford, Wade and Jennifer Moore. We would love just to have an opportunity to agree with you for healing in your body. Maybe today you're here and you say, you know what? I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with Christ. Be a beautiful thing for us just to lay hands on you and commission you to know what it really means to walk with God, to encounter God, to experience Him. I mean, you know, Jesus came, He lived, He died, but He is alive. He's the Savior of the world. He came to redeem every one of our lives. Come on, we just give thanks. Most important decision you'll ever make in your life is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to confess your sins and be redeemed and restored and replenished and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Maybe that's where you are today. Whatever it is, I just say, as we take the next four or five minutes just in worship, before we conclude, we'll be dismissed altogether. But let's just be unified in our worship, if you would. Let's join together. If we can pray with you about anything, then come join us at the back.